Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Bitcoin Blueprint podcast with your host, Stefan. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. And if you've listened to the previous episodes, thank you also so much for doing that. Today's episode is a continuation of this Bitcoin learning journey. And specifically today, what we're going to do is we're going to look at how Bitcoin is secured through proof of work. Now, if you've listened to the first few episodes of this series, we've gone through some of the fundamental concepts so far, such as what is Bitcoin, why it's important, what the Bitcoin network is, how Bitcoin mining works. And now we're going to take that another step further to look at the exact mechanism which runs Bitcoin mining, and that is proof of work. So I hope you're ready to enjoy this episode and let's get started. So in the previous episode of the podcast, we talked about Bitcoin mining and we talked about the role it plays in the overall Bitcoin ecosystem. We talked about, you know, what miners are, how it compares to, you know, mining in the traditional sense with maybe gold mining. We talked about, you know, the different aspects of mining, such as the difficulty adjustment, what mining pools are. And so if you haven't listened to that episode, I highly suggest you go back and do because it'll give you a good background for this episode where we talk about proof of work. And in the previous episode, what we talked about is we talked about how the mechanism which miners run off of is proof of work. This proof of work is a fundamental concept in Bitcoin, and it is also largely how Bitcoin gets its security, how Bitcoin is secured. And that's the topic of today's episode. We're going to dive deeper into how Bitcoin is secured through proof of work. And before we do that, what I want to talk about is why it's necessary to have security in a system like Bitcoin. And to explain this, how I want to do it is I want to talk about how in a centralized system, the security is largely controlled through the entity which operates the system, right? Whether that be a bank, a other big corporation, usually with centralized entities, they are the ones that are housing the server or the database, which hosts all of the client's data. So they are also the ones that are responsible for keeping that database or server secure and are responsible for managing that well-being. However, in a decentralized system, there is no single entity that controls that system, right? That's the beauty of a decentralized system. There's no you know, main controlling party that will dictate the rules and also Therefore, there's no single party that is in charge of the security of a decentralized system. And so there has to be a way in a decentralized system where you still create security, but do it in a way where there's no single entity that is in charge of it. And this is where proof of work comes into play. Now, before we dive into exactly how proof of work does this, it's important to talk about why security is so important and specifically in a system like Bitcoin. 
Now, the first reason why it's so important to have a secure system in Bitcoin is because in Bitcoin, you're actually storing monetary value. You're storing your assets on the Bitcoin blockchain. And so you want that system to be very secure because if that system is not secure, you would not risk putting any money onto it, right? It's the same as, you know, when you're keeping money, um, let's say you have gold bricks, right? You have gold bricks and what are you gonna do with that? Obviously, if you keep it at home, maybe you're gonna put that into a safe or put that somewhere where people won't be able to easily find it and that makes it more secure. You're not gonna put your gold brick outside in front of your door because obviously that's not secure and people would steal that and then you know you would lose your assets. And so Bitcoin works the same way. You need a secure system because you're holding monetary value in Bitcoin's blockchain. So that's the first reason why it's incredibly important to have a secure system. Another reason is transaction verification and integrity, or as we've talked about before, immutability. Meaning that when I send a transaction to someone, I want that transaction to be secure and I want it to be able to be finalized, meaning I don't want to be able to have that transaction be tampered with. I don't want that transaction to be reversed. If I send a transaction out of my own doing, I want that transaction to be safe and secure and immutable. This also makes it more resistant from fraud and other hackers that might want to try to go into the system and you know, reverse transactions or do anything fraudulent like that. And lastly, another important reason why you want the system to be secure is because you want it to be resilient to attacks. In Bitcoin, there's a few different, you know, attacks that have been discussed, such as a Sybil attacks, 51% attacks, etc. And if you have a system that's not very secure, you're a lot more vulnerable to those types of attacks. But if you have a secure and robust system, then it makes it resilient to these types of attacks and, you know, makes it overall more secure. And I'll have another episode in the future where I get into it a bit more talking about, you know, the different attacks that have been discussed, the feasibilities of those attacks and, you know, kind of where we are today in the state of how Bitcoin is operating and how secure it is. But for today's episodes, I for today's episode, I just want to to become aware why having security in a system, in a decentralized system like Bitcoin is so important. Moving on to the next thing, now that you understand why it's critical to have security in a decentralized system, let's talk about what exactly provides that security in Bitcoin. And what provides security in Bitcoin is the proof of work mechanism, which is required to add new blocks to the blockchain. We're going to get into how exactly proof of work works. But right now, what I want to talk about is I want to talk about how important proof of work is to Bitcoin. And a good analogy that I heard is talking about the ancient pyramids in Egypt. Those pyramids are a prime example of proof of work. When you go to Egypt and you look at them, 
you can see that an immense amount of manpower and energy has been put into building this pyramid. And because of that, you know, these pyramids have been able to stand the test of time and are largely one of the, you know, greatest wonders of the world. And similarly, I make this analogy to Bitcoin because what we've discussed, right? Bitcoin is a blockchain and a blockchain is a series of ledger entries that are built one on top of the other and creates a history of all the transactions in a ecosystem, in the system that is Bitcoin. And the way that you can view this is it's essentially one block stacked on top of each other, you know, one block, then another block, then another block. And in order to create these blocks, you need to expend energy. Miners need to expend energy in the form of computational power. And so throughout the history of Bitcoin, you have these blocks which have repeatedly been being stacked one on top of the other. And it has required an enormous amount of energy to build these blocks, to mine these blocks. And therefore now we have this really robust history of blocks which have been built through the en through the expenditure of energy. And the reason this adds to the security of Bitcoin is because, as I mentioned, it takes a lot of energy to mine a Bitcoin block, which then also makes it incredibly difficult to go back and try to alter the previous states of the blockchain. Mining is a continual process, and so there's always computing power on the network trying to solve the next proof-of-work problem, and thereby this enormous amount of energy that's on the network also secures it because it makes it very difficult for any type of malicious actor to try and alter or reverse or edit the blockchain in any reason. And there's this interesting, you know, quotes that um, there's one of these, one of the pioneers in the Bitcoin space, Andreas Antonopoulos, and if you haven't checked out his work, I highly recommend you do. He has some really great books. One of them is called Mastering Bitcoin. It's one of my favorite all-time Bitcoin books because it explains everything so well. And he's truly one of the pioneers in the space. And a few years ago, you know, he was talking to a crowd and a crowd asked him, you know, what's what are the odds of a nation state attack happening to Bitcoin? You know, what if a nation state who doesn't like Bitcoin says, you know what, we're going to attack Bitcoin. And this is what he said five years ago, or I think it may be even a little bit more. And, and mind you, Bitcoin's hash rate or the computing power in the network has gone up exponentially since then. But what he said at the time was in regards to a nation state attack, he said, this cannot be done anymore. Bitcoin has achieved a level of computing that no single nation state can overthrow through computation alone. The effort to do so would require a massive covert operation of chip fabrication, then the coordinated assault that would give them dominance over the next block for 10 minutes until we kick those bastards off the network, rework the protocol around them, they would be revealed they would have lost a billion dollars doing this and all they got to do was one double spend. Now here's the thing, 
long before we even get to this point, they figure out that if they just let this stuff run, they can actually get some Bitcoin as a reward because the incentive structure actually works. And the reason why I bring up this quote is because it gives a very good explanation and example of how robust Bitcoin security is through proof of work because you have so much computing power in the network and a lot of this computing power again comes from these specialized ASIC chips which we talked about in the previous episodes that are not easy to fabricate or make and so the fact that even a nation state I think this was seven years ago when Andreas was talking at that time wouldn't be able to you know successfully pull off attack shows you the amount of security that is currently present in the Bitcoin system and how robust it is. That's not to say that we, we should always be, you know, exploring the different avenues and ways that people could attack Bitcoin and we have to, you know, protect it. But through the massive amounts of computing power that's on the network, it really creates this very strong foundation that makes it very difficult for anybody to tamper with or change. And that's kind of the overview that I wanted to give you on, you know, how proof of work contributes to the overall security in Bitcoin. It's through this computing power that's been going on for, you know, since Bitcoin was created that has built this, you know, monument of a blockchain where the block height now is super high and to go back and change any of the history of the bitcoin blockchain would require massive 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 almost unheard amounts of computing power and the beauty in bitcoin is it's an open and transparent system so once you start to sniff out that maybe there's a malicious actor who's trying to alter or change something you can easily or you can identify that and then you can you know take action based off of that and again, I don't want to get too into the weeds on, you know, attack vectors and talking about that stuff. We, I'll go over that in another episode. But the main concept to understand is proof of work secures Bitcoin through the computing power and energy that has been expended into creating the blockchain and makes it very difficult to alter or change. And now that you have that concept or understanding, I want to talk a bit more about how proof of work actually works. In the previous episode on Bitcoin mining, what we talked about is we talked about how the miners have to solve a proof of work problem in order to mine a new block and add it to the blockchain. And to understand how this proof of work problem works, there's a few concepts that are important to understand. And the first concept that's important to understand is hashing and the SHA-256 algorithm. In Bitcoin, the puzzle that the miners have to solve is based on a cryptographic hash. So SHA-256 stands for Secure Hash Algorithm 256 Bit. And essentially what it is, is it's a cryptographic hash function that takes an input. So in Bitcoin's case, this would be new transactions, the previous blocks hash and some other components and produces a fixed size, 256 bits, output of alphanumeric characters. 
the output that you then get is known as a hash and is unique to each set of inputs. If you change even a single character in the input, the hash will change dramatically. And in the context of Bitcoin, the SHA-256 hash must satisfy certain criteria like having a specific number of leading zeros. And essentially, finding a hash that meets these conditions is the computational puzzle that miners must solve. So that's the concept around SHA-256 and hashing. Another important component is what's called the nonce. And the nonce stands for number used once. And it's essentially just a random number that miners change to get a different hash output. What miners do is they alter the nonce in hopes that the new hash that they get as a result of altering this nonce will meet the required conditions. For example, a certain number of leading zeros. Since the hash changes with each new nonce that you get, it's like buying a lottery ticket, right? So the miners, what they do, they're constantly hashing, they're changing the nonce, and then when they change the nonce, they get, quote unquote, you can compare it to like getting a lottery ticket, you know, they get a new lottery ticket and they get a new chance at winning the block. So that's essentially what the, how the mining system works, how proof of work works. These miners are constantly hashing through, you know, taking the SHA-256 hashing algorithm, altering the nonce in hopes of finding a hash that meets the requirements um, necessary to mine a new block. And that's the main concepts around hashing and, you know, the nonce value. And I know that may, may be a bit abstract because it's a bit technical, of course, you know, hashing and nonce, it's not, those are not common, you know, themes that people deal with in, in their day-to-day -day life. So how I want to explain this a bit more is I want to walk through, you know, how a how the, the process works from going from, you know, a transaction being broadcasted to the network to a verified block. So the first step in this process is say, well, say I'm of course a Bitcoin user and I want to send Bitcoins to my buddy, Freddie. How this works is I will create a transaction through my Bitcoin wallet and then broadcast that transaction to the Bitcoin network. Once that happens, once the transaction is made, it goes into what is called a mempool or a memory pool. And that's pretty much just a pool of unconfirmed transactions. And we'll have another episode on transactions specifically. So again, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that more a bit. Um, but right now, what I want you to know is I send the transaction and it waits in this pool of unconfirmed transactions. Then what happens is the miners select transactions from this pool to include into a new block. These transactions are not yet confirmed on the blockchain but the miners create this block candidate. What then happens is the miners start trying to solve this computational puzzle using the SHA-256 hash function 
incorporating the hash of the previous block and the nonce value, as we talked about. And then the miners iterate through various nonce values until they find a hash that meets the current level of difficulty. Once that hash has been found, the miners broadcast the new block to the network for verification. Then, other nodes on the network verify that the solution is correct by running the hash function with the proposed nonce. If it checks out, then the nodes in the network add the new block to their version of the blockchain. And as we talked about, the beauty behind proof of work is it's difficult to solve, but it's easy to verify, right? Going back to in the previous episode where we talked about, you know, the example of a Sudoku puzzle. A Sudoku puzzle can be difficult to solve, can take time to solve, but once all the boxes are filled out, you know, you can verify fairly quickly that it has been solved. Once that block is broadcasted to the network, the miner who has successfully added the new block to the network is then rewarded with newly minted Bitcoins and also the transaction fees from the transactions which were you know, put into the new block. After the transaction has been confirmed onto the blockchain, the miner is then able to spend the Bitcoin that they received after about 100 blocks. And that's a bird's eye view of how, well, the mining process, but also proof of work works. You have this complex puzzle that is needed to be solved by miners who have to expend an enormous amount of energy to do so. And through this mechanism, they are securing the Bitcoin blockchain. Now, the concept that we talked about in the previous episode, which is also important to understand, is the aspect around the difficulty adjustments. And as we talked about, what that means is that over the years, it has become more and more difficult to mine Bitcoin, to successfully mine Bitcoin, and has required more and more computing power to be expended. This, of course, makes it more difficult for miners to find a block and requires more energy to be expended, but it contributes to the overall security of Bitcoin because the more computing power that is on the network, the more energy that is dedicated towards mining Bitcoin blocks, the more difficult it becomes to alter or change anything on the blockchain. You know, if we were to go back to the first days of, of mining and when, you know, it was just Satoshi and a few others who were mining, it could have been a lot easier at that point if you wanted to, to try and attack or manipulate Bitcoin. But throughout the years, Bitcoin has stacked so much enormous amounts of energy and work, you know, going back to the analogy of the pyramids, because there's been so much energy and that investment in energy has gone up exponentially over the years, it becomes more and more difficult to alter, change, or, you know, really attack Bitcoin as the amount of energy that is expended goes into the mining process. And 
that is why it's really beautiful because it's this overall, you know, the, the interesting thing about Bitcoin, and this is another, maybe a bit of a, ta a tangent, but it all comes down to incentives because the incentive system in Bitcoin is set up to work beautifully because the more value that Bitcoin gains, the more people that want to mine Bitcoin, which adds to the security of the overall Bitcoin system. And even though it, might, it may cost more energy, more computing power to mine Bitcoin, it is worth it if Bitcoin continues to increase in price and continues to increase in adoption. And so it, it becomes almost this race that works out beautifully because you know, the miners are incentivized to keep mining if the economics incentives are there to do so. And then also it contributes to the overall security and stability of the asset that they are eventually earning. So, you know, it's this beautiful game of incentives and, and how that, you know, kind of contributes to the overall security of the network. And it's a really interesting and I think important concept to understand as it relates to Bitcoin. So through this episode, that was my goal. I wanted to talk about proof of work specifically because it's such an important concept to understand as it contributes to the overall security and well-being to Bitcoin as a whole. It's really one of also the foundational pillars that makes Bitcoin what it is and makes it work the way that it does. And so through this episode, I hope I was able to make that a bit more clear. Proof of work and, you know, hashing and nonce values and all of that stuff can be difficult to understand and grasp. And to be honest, for most people, it's probably not even that necessary to go into the weeds of how that exactly works but the important point to grasp is just that in order to secure a decentralized system you need energy or you need work to be expended to make it you know secure and robust if there was no energy or work that is expended to keep a system secure, it makes it a lot more vulnerable to different types of attacks, to different types of takeovers. And that is what you want to avoid at all costs, especially when you have monetary value tied to this decentralized system. So I hope this episode made that a bit more clear. I hope you were able to understand the concepts in this episode. If you weren't, please go back. I recommend going back to listen and understand it a bit more because they are very important concepts to grasp. But with that being said, thank you so much for taking the time to listen today and until next time.